Hi, and welcome to Seeking the Gospel Truth. I'm Gisela Aguiar. Come walk with me through the life and ministry of Jesus Christ as told by Mark in his gospel. We'll journey with the Savior to the cross and celebrate the good news of his true salvation. I pray that as you hear God's word, it will inspire you to study the Bible daily for yourself. Seek the truth. I pray that God opens your heart, eyes, and mind to understand what the Holy Spirit is trying to tell you. And as you become rooted in the word, you'll also be rooted in faith, hope, joy, and peace. And the world can use more of that right now, don't you think? Let's dig in. Mark chapter 8, verses 1 through 21. Do you need a sign from God? Maybe he delivered one already. Miracle after miracle, healing after healing, and both Pharisees and the disciples didn't get Jesus. The Pharisees wanted a sign and the disciples worried about their next meal. Yet they couldn't see Jesus and what he was all about. Let's dig in. Mark 8, starting in verse 1. Jesus feeds the 4,000. During those days, another large crowd gathered. Since they had nothing to eat, Jesus called his disciples to them and said, I have compassion for these people. They have already been with me three days and have nothing to eat. If I send them home hungry, they will collapse on the way because some of them have come a long distance. His disciples answered, but where in this remote place can anyone get enough bread to feed them? How many loaves do you have? Jesus asked. Seven, they replied. He told the crowd to sit down on the ground. When he had taken the seven loaves and given thanks, he broke them and gave them to his disciples to distribute to the people, and they did so. They had a few small fish as well. He gave thanks for them also and told the disciples to distribute them. The people ate and were satisfied. Afterward, the disciples picked up seven basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. About 4,000 were present. After he had sent them away, he got into the boat with his disciples and went to the region of Dalmanutha. The Pharisees came and began to question Jesus. To test him, they asked him for a sign from heaven. He sighed deeply and said, why does this generation ask for a sign? Truly, I tell you, no sign will be given to it. Then he left them, got back into the boat, and crossed to the other side. The yeast of the Pharisees and Herod. Verse 14. The disciples had forgotten to bring bread, except for one loaf they had with them in the boat. Be careful, Jesus warned them. Watch out for the yeast of the Pharisees and that of Herod. They discussed this with one another and said, it is because we have no bread. <laughs> Aware of their discussion, Jesus asked them, why are you talking about having no bread? Do you still not see or understand? Are your hearts hardened? Do you have eyes but fail to see and ears but fail to hear? And don't you remember when I broke the five loaves for the 5,000? How many basketfuls of pieces did you pick up? Twelve, they replied. And when I broke the seven loaves for the 4,000, how many basketfuls of pieces did you pick up? They answered, seven. He said to them, 
Do you still not understand? There it is, Mark 8, verses 1 through 21. Do you understand? Well, let's unpack this. They were in an area of the Decapolis, a Gentile area, where he had dealt with Legion, the demons who possessed a man a few chapters ago. Then he healed a deaf man. That was yesterday. The people kept coming, bringing their sick to be healed. Most importantly, they stayed to hear his teachings. This also showed that Jesus came not only for the Jews, but for the Gentiles too. In John 10, Jesus tells us of the other sheep. And he says, quote, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me, just as the father knows me and I know the father. And I shall lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. That's in John chapter 10. And I did a whole study on that. Fact, that's one of the best, my favorite chapters. As it explains Jesus, how it all works. <laughs> the first sheep are the Jews and the other sheep are the Gentiles. All right, so three days later, all their food was gone and they were far from their homes. Jesus had compassion for them. He knew their need and filled it. God doesn't want anyone to suffer. It seems the disciples forgot that Jesus had multiplied five loaves and two fish and fed not just 5,000 men, but their families too. It's around 15 to 20,000 people. If he did it then, why couldn't he do it again? Leaven and unleavened bread. When he fed the 5,000 Jews, Jews, the loaves were specifically barley loaves, unleavened with no yeast because it was around the time of Passover. Here in Gentile territory, the loaves were regular loaves made with yeast. The baskets in each feeding were different too. The Greek word for baskets in the Jewish setting is kofinos, or small basket. In the Gentile setting, the Greek word for basket was sporus, or hamper, a large basket. So there were 12 baskets of leftovers after the first one and seven bigger baskets of leftovers after the second. And you know, seven is the number of completion. In both feedings, Jesus broke the bread, gave thanks, and then gave the bread to the disciples to distribute. This reflects Jesus as the bread of life during the Last Supper. We would die without Jesus. We have no recourse without him. The same miracle he did for the Jews, he also did for the Gentiles. Stubborn unbelief. Jesus next addresses the stubborn unbelief of the Pharisees and the disciples. So the Pharisees came out to where he was to test him, to challenge him. They were not authentic seekers. This scene is in all four gospels. They came with combative, malicious, impure motives, with hard hearts. And Jesus gave many signs, healing after healing, feeding multitudes. He raised Jairus' daughter from the dead. He walked on water. He calmed the storm. Even demons knew who he was and obeyed him. He fulfilled Old Testament prophecy after prophecy. They were miracles all pointing to God. Jesus sighed deeply disappointed and frustrated. They just didn't get it. Well, Pastor Sandy Adams comments, he worked countless miracles, 
multiplying fish and bread, calming the storm, raising a girl from the dead, healing the sick, casting out demons. What other sign did they need? Sadly, some folks are spiritual ambulance chasers. They're not interested in faith. They're sensationalists who just want to see miracles for miracles' sake. Here's the truth we need to realize. The only thing signs and miracles produce is a desire for more signs and miracles. God's miracles are the product of our faith. They don't produce faith. Romans 10, 17 tells us faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of God. The study of God's word causes faith to grow. Throughout scripture, leaven or yeast is a type of sin. Leaven corrupts by puffing up and inflating. And so does sin. Sin pumps up our pride. <clears throat> sin pumps up our pride. In the Gospels, Jesus talked about three different types of leaven. The leaven of the Pharisees was legalism. The Pharisees bound God's people into a strict adherence to the law of Moses. The leaven of the Sadducees was liberalism. The Sadducees compromised with the pagan world around them. The leaven of Herod was political leverage. The Herod sought political muscle. Jesus saw legalism, liberalism, and political leverage as leaven, as sinful forces. All three were corrupting influences on God's people. Jesus relied on love. I mean, I live near a, a firehouse, so the sirens are going off constantly. I pray for them and whoever they're going to go help. All right, continuing with Pastor Sandy Adams' quote. Jesus wanted to talk about these factors when he brought up the subject of leaven. But the disciples were still thinking of the previous day's events, the multiplying of the bread. Again, that's from Pastor Sandy Adams. And if you want to click on over to my blog, and the link to my blog is in the show notes, but you can check out his whole um, uh, study on this chapter. Okay, so a warning and a riddle. Jesus warns us with a riddle. As he reminds the disciples of how many leftover baskets they had, both times he said, when I broke. With yeast or leaven, a little goes a long way. The leaven of the Pharisees was hypocrisy, self-righteous, religious legalism. For Herod, it was worldliness, malice, wickedness, and political leverage. Though we have to respect authority, however, we do not have to condone their ungodliness. I could go off on a major tangent here, but I'll save that for another post. The disciples were thinking of daily practical needs, not of spiritual things and needs. There's more to God's word than what a casual reading is going to give you. That's why we need to study the Bible every day, not just read it. Okay, Pastor Danny Saavedra writes, quote, Here the word, word leaven or yeast is being equated by Jesus to doctrine and teachings. Recently, I bought a pizza steel and, having, and have been making pizzas from scratch at home each week. And I've had to work a lot with yeast. The thing about yeast is that once you introduce it to the party, it doesn't just rise in one isolated area. It permeates the entire dough ball, ferments, ferments it, and changes, it, changes its overall structure. Friends, we're a lot like a dough ball in that our bread, our heart, 
and viewpoint is determined by the doctrines, teachings, ideologies, philosophies, positions, propaganda, conspiracies, theories, and opinions we sprinkle in and allow to ferment. Gradually, these extra-biblical, self-righteous, postmodern, post-Christian, pseudo-spiritual, self-help, atheistic, liberal, conservative, woke, alt-right, racist, Marxist, nationalistic, progressive, legalistic, pharisaical, Pharisees, Herodian, and anything else you can think of that isn't fully and solely from scripture, that isn't the gospel of Jesus, can change the overall structure and composition of our hearts. And sadly, most of the time it happens in such a way we don't even realize it. So friends, here's my advice, and this is Pastor Saavedra. Do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to determine if they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world, and, um, as, as we read in 1 John chapter 4. We should evaluate all messages, media, news, and entertainment, consider the source, and reflect on what we're letting into the dough ball of our hearts in context of the word and the doctrines established by Jesus, the apostles and the early church, the early church, the early church. We need to critically, that's the church in the book of Acts. We need to critically think, pray constantly and invite the spirit to reveal truth into what is being sprinkled into us. This may end up requiring some work on our part to sift out the yeast. It may mean removing certain practices, unfollowing certain voices, and even seeking biblical counseling. But it's so important we all do it as believers in order to remain firmly in the truth of Christ. Again, that's from Pastor Danny Saavedra. And I found this in the Gospel of Mark, part four. It is one of the Bible plans in the free Bible app, the New Version Bible app. But wow, I couldn't have written that better myself. And I wrote an article, oh gosh, it must have been over a year ago, but it is very, very relevant today. It's about how to stop the idea viruses. I can change that to the idea leaven or yeast that just uh, incorporates us and you know permeates our lives no no we've got to we can't, we can't listen to it we can't listen to them so the, the question is what type of leaven or yeast is permeating your life and i'm going to end today's lesson with pastor danny's suggestions and prayer so he suggests do a deep dive into the dough ball of your heart and mind. Is there any leaven from the world, from other ideologies, from politically charged movements, pseudo-spiritual or self-help philosophy, or any legalistic or progressive false doctrines? Chances are we have some worldly yeast particles sprinkled in. Pray and seek the Spirit's wisdom on what is not of God and how to surrender it to his truth. Pray, Father, thank you for the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth who searches all things, even in the deep things of God and guides me into all truth. 
I pray if there is anything in me, any beliefs, ideologies, philosophies, thoughts, opinions, or anything else that is not of you, that does not line up with your word and the gospel of your son, Jesus, that you would reveal it, refine it, and remove it. I want nothing more than to know you and to live fully in the way, truth, and life of your son. Help me and cleanse me, O oh God, in Jesus' name, amen. Wow. As Pastor Danny says, we must rely on the Holy Spirit of truth to guide us daily. The thing is, is only born-again believers get that wonderful gift of the Holy Spirit in their hearts when they've surrendered their lives to Jesus. So what are you waiting for right now? Invite Jesus into your heart and receive the gift of grace and the confident hope of eternal life. If you don't know what to say, you don't know what to do. There's a prayer in the show notes, or you can click on over to my blog and click where it says, how to invite Jesus into your heart. And at the bottom of today's blog, I have a song that I heard at church last Sunday. It's called Child of Love. Nice worship song. So enjoy it. Soli Deo Gloria. To God alone be the glory. Thank you for listening to this episode. I pray that the Holy Spirit, the author of scripture, touched your heart to reveal the gospel truth that our hope of salvation is through Jesus Christ alone. If you have any comments or questions, feel free to reach out to me via my website or social media. I encourage you to read the Bible daily and seek the truth for yourself. I recommend that you download two free Bible study apps, the YouVersion Bible app and Through the Word. Friends, we are living in strange, crazy times, the last days, the end times. But know that things aren't falling apart, they are falling into place. Jesus said in Revelation 3, 20-22, Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in, and we will share a meal together as friends. Those who are victorious will sit with me on my throne, just as I was victorious, and sat with my father on his throne. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. Jesus is knocking. It's up to you to open the door. Peter told us in 2 Peter 3.9, The Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed or perish but wants everyone to repent. Jesus is coming back soon. Are you ready? Repent of your sins and invite Jesus into your heart right now. If you don't know what to say, there's a prayer in the show notes and on my blog. Jesus said in Matthew 24, 14, and the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it. And then the end will come. Soli Deo Gloria, to God alone be the glory.